0: You're listening to the All Saints Waco Sermon Podcast. All Saints Waco is a church in the Anglican tradition, seeking life on earth as it is in heaven. Enjoy today's sermon. So tonight, and on February 4th, we're doing this two-part series on why Alpha. And if you haven't been around All Saints, um, we are pursuing uh, Alpha. Alpha is a, an outreach program to those who are unchurched or dechurched, churched uh, and you will hear more about that in just a minute But I wanted to take some time to introduce Alpha a little more and how it meshes well with, I think, who we are as a parish and our vision and our values. And then Michael DiStefano will actually follow up on February 4th, uh, and I'm really looking forward to that and talk a little more specifically about how we can uh, integrate Alpha, But what I wanted to do tonight was to seek to begin to answer that question. Why Alpha? Why do I feel like God's calling us to use Alpha? And I wanted to do it to try to answer that question by exploring three stories, or introducing you to three stories, or intertwining three stories. And those are my story, our society's story, and then God's story. So my story, our society's story... In God's story. I'm going to spend the bulk of the time on that third story, on God's story. But I'm trying to answer the question, why Alpha? Why do I feel like God is calling us to use this program, which has been used for years, um, to introduce people to Jesus? So first of all, my story. Um, When I was called here to All Saints, I believed I was called here on an adventure, on an adventure, and um, I don't know if you know J.R.R. Tolkien or if you know like his definition of an adventure uh, as opposed to a quest, um, but one Tolkien scholar says that for Tolkien, to live one's life as an adventure um, or an, as an adventure story is to live to some degree uncertain of how it will turn out. So when I was called here, I was called to a life of uncertainty, uh, and in fact, when I was first, um, I saw this role posted online, I thought of all the reasons why I shouldn't. Um, Jan and I had actually talked years ago about moving to Waco, and there's all this stuff in our background, and I was like, ooh, it piqued my interest, Waco, but I thought of all the reasons why we shouldn't, and, and most of the reasons why is it, it was too risky. Our girls are in high school. That's a really hard time for them to move. I have some good things that I'm getting to do in my current role. Why why should we risk that? It was risky. I was being called out on an adventure. But what I came to realize is that uncertainty is where God wanted me. That's an important part of this story, is that God always calls us out on an adventure. He calls us out into an unknown where only he controls the outcomes. We don't. And in fact, around that time that, I, that I, Jan and I decided this is what God was calling us into and we started pursuing it, I was reading more about Tim Keller. I've talked about Tim Keller a lot here. I was in a previous tradition that Tim Keller was a part of. That's why he has a formative part on my imagination as far as like church and the gospel. And I remember him saying that when he planted Redeemer in New York City, that he and his wife Kathy, they were not interested in planting a church that was for the transfer of the saints. Do you understand what he means by that? In other words, he didn't want to plant a church where folks from this church and that church and that church saw something they were doing that was attractive and left their old churches and thought this was a better product to buy into. What they wanted to do was to plant a church for the unchurched, for the skeptical. And so what he would do in those early days, and I think he continued to do it for many years, is he would hold a Q&A session after the worship service and let all those Manhattanites who had given up on religion or never had religion ask their questions, totally non-anxious, and just ask away. And there was something adventurous about that that I was really attracted to, something adventurous about providing space for skeptics, people who have been hurt by religion, people who are unchurched. To come and be their whole selves in a space where they can just ask the questions. Now, I don't feel like we're being called to necessarily replicate exactly what Tim Keller was doing, but what I do feel like we're being called to do is to launch out into a time of uncertainty. We're being called to launch out into the world and to be a church that's not necessarily for the transfer of the saints. It's totally okay if people from that church or this church want to come here. I am not going to keep them out. I would love for them to come. But there's something about the adventure of going out with God on mission into the unknown, just like God the Son did when He became one of us. Now, of course, I totally believe God knew the outcome, God is Almighty. But for God to become man was a very vulnerable thing to do, and we're called into that kind of vulnerability. We're called, as Dallas Willard says, to abandon outcomes into God's hands. That's where this journey for me started, and there's something in me that dies when I try to play it safe. So as I've been discerning what is our next season at All Saints look like, it looks like an adventure. So why Alpha. If we we pull in my part of the story here that I'm trying to elaborate for you, why Alpha? It's because I think we're being called out. I think God is calling us out on adventure. Not necessarily to create a church that is for the transfer of the saints, but for new saints or for people who don't know their saints yet. That's what All Saints is for. And that leads me to the second story. And the second story is our society story. I I, have mentioned recently in, I think, an email that I sent out, and I think I've probably possibly mentioned it here in a sermon or two, that we live, according to one recent book called The Great Dechurching, which is getting a lot of buzz in evangelical circles, and rightly so, we live in a time of a a massive religious shift in our society. Um, In the last 25 years, According to this book and the research they have done, more people have left the church in the last 25 years than joined the church or became Christian in the two great awakenings and all the Billy Graham crusades put together. So in the last 25 years, around 40 million people have left church. I found that pretty staggering. And if, if you pay attention at all, that's kind of the direction our society is going. But here's what I found really interesting about the research that these authors put together, is that most people who have left the church, it's not, according to this book, it's not those who are deconstructing. They, and, and deconstructors have their own stories, but they're actually a very thin slice of the 40 million. Most people who have left have simply drifted from church. And I think that says something about where we are as a society. We are in a very lonely, fragmented uh, society that does not know how to be in community anymore. Father Matthew recently screened the movie Join or Die, right? Is that, should I say screened? Um, And if you don't know about that movie, it's based on the book by Robert Putnam, who wrote the book 20 plus years ago called Bowling Alone. And what Putnam was realizing about 20 years ago is that our society was fragmenting, and what he was looking at in particular was how we, we've lost this tradition of joining these like voluntary societies. So like Kiwanis, Kiwanis is that what it's called? Kiwanis, the Lions Club, Oddfellows. Um, most of you may even know, know what those are because, <laughs> because they're so ancient to us now. But there used to be this tradition or bowling leagues. That's kind of his image that he's using, bowling alone. We've lost this practice of joining with others um, with things that are not politics. We've lost the ability to get together with others over shared joys. Now we just have shared enemies, and we're fragmenting, and we're becoming more lonely. Our current Surgeon General says we live under an epidemic of loneliness And I think if you read the headlines, and probably you may feel it as well, you know this is true. We don't know how to be in community. And I think our society is hungry for authentic community. Yes, the church has done many wrong things. The church has hurt people. But a church that knows God and is about Jesus Christ first has an answer for the loneliness And it's called the life that God wants to share with us. That's first and foremost. So why Alpha? So I've tied in my story. I'm tying in the story of our society. It's because we have such a lonely and fragmented and broken society that is hungry for community and hospitality. And that leads me to the final story. And this is where I want to spend the most of my time. And this is God's story. God's story, which we're a part of. As all saints. I don't know if you remember when we did our come and see series back in the fall, but one of the things I tried to name is that we are called to be an outpost of the kingdom. That's what we are first and foremost. Yes, we are Anglican, and it is so good to be Anglican. I think being Anglican is a wonderful, wonderful way to follow Jesus and his kingdom. But we are called to be an outpost of his kingdom and to participate in in this God who who is on mission, participate with him. And so what I want to do here in my final few moments is I want to take a few of those moments and highlight them from the Come and See series and highlight them as a part of that story of God, this God who is on mission, and just show how they mesh so well with the values of Alpha, just a few of them. And, And the first one I think I want to highlight is simply this that we serve a God, as I just said, who is on mission. We serve a missionary God. It's his mission, as the theologian Christopher Wright says. It's his mission. It's not the church's mission. God has a mission, and he has a church for his mission. Mission is God's idea. He cares about it more than we do. And what he cares about is for people to know him, that's it. He knows that he made us for himself. And as St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. He knows that we were made for communion with him. That's what the very first pages of scripture show. Adam and Eve were made to dwell with God. That's what the very final pages of scripture show. The dwelling of God, Revelation 21, is with mankind. That is the end of the story. That is the resolution to the story. That is where everything is headed. God wants that. That's what he wants. That's the kind of God he wants, which is to say God wants to share his life with us and he wants us to have Life. That's what we said in the Come and See series. That's the mission that God is on. That's the center part of His story. And it's the story He invites us into communion with Him and to share that communion. Life. And I love this because this is a major theme of Alpha. From the very first session, and I'll describe in a minute more kind of how Alpha works, but in the very first session together, the very first talk that is given, It's all about, it's all framed as life. In that greater achievements, greater material security, or you name it, none of those things give us the life that we were made for, which is communion with God. And when I heard that from Alpha, I knew, like, okay, this is good. This is how we frame the gospel God made us for Himself, and He made us to share life with Him. But that's not the only thing that I saw in Alpha. That meshes not only with God's story, but how we're naming God's story and his mission in this parish. The next thing I saw that is central to Alpha is hospitality. Alpha is huge on us hospitality. And that's wonderful because we named that God is a hospitable God, that he came to us in great hospitality. In fact, if, if we say as we did back in christmas eve when we were preaching from john 1 as john 1:18 says that no one has seen god but if you have seen jesus you have seen him he has explained god he has revealed him and if you really dwell on that and really think about what does that reveal about god's interaction with us how he interacts with us it means god's Front door with us is hospitality. Think about our gospel reading tonight. Did you hear it? What is Jesus doing in that moment? Now, I know we're all thinking, well, he's calling these first disciples to follow him. It's it's a discipleship passage. Of course it is. But have you ever thought about it as an act of hospitality? Jesus is calling these smelly, dirty, rough-around-the-edges fishermen into life with him. And that's exactly what happens. They follow him. But it's not just like, I'm just going to teach you some things. He is sharing his life with them. I love how uh, the Catholic Bishop Robert Barron talks about this. He talks about the safety of grace. That's what ha- that is what is happening in this moment. Jesus is opening up, through his grace, the safety of relationship. And through this long, slow process, those rough, around-the-edges disciples are going to have those rough edges filed down, and they're going to become more and more like Christ through this very slow, gradual, relational process of hospitality that Jesus will continually give them. That's great because we said that hospitality is our front door to our engagement with our neighbor. This slow and relational process, not shouting from afar, hey, we have a good answer for all your problems, but getting into life with them, with the unpredictability of it, the uncertainty of it. Alpha gives us a way to do this. Hospitality is central. Every session of Alpha is centered around a meal. And you know this as well as I do. In the ancient world as well as today, when you share a meal with someone, it is a great act of fellowship. This is why it was such a big deal in the book of Acts for the Jews and the Gentiles to eat together when Paul started preaching this radical gospel that even the Gentiles were included. It's a radical act of hospitality, but that's not the only thing Alpha does that is hospitable. They also practice what they call open discussion. So you watch the video curriculum, you eat a meal together, and then you have a time of discussion where the table leaders, which could be one of you, sitting at table, you've just shared a meal with these guests who are becoming friends, becoming um, one of our friends, and they are allowed to ask any question, to say anything, and the table leader's job is not to defend, not to object, not to answer, it is simply to listen. It is simply to listen. Yeah, maybe ask some questions to kind of clarify what someone is saying, but this is an opportunity after a clear presentation of the good news of the life that God longs to share with us in those video lessons. They are allowed to bring their whole selves into the safety of grace, to slowly be transformed session after session after session. Hospitality is playing the long game. And Alpha does that. Jesus did that. Alpha is 11 11 weeks long. It's a long time. But they tell you, we do this because hospitality is central. We are about creating relationships. This is not, I'm shouting the good news from afar. This is all about creating enough space and time for people to feel the acceptance of God to feel the peace of God, to experience it. I imagine when Christ first called those smelly fishermen, they had all those rough edges. They probably had some crazy theological ideas, crazy political ideas, or maybe they had no ideas at all. They were just fishermen bros, and they, <laughs> didn't, they didn't really care or talk too much about these things. But in that long game of hospitality that Jesus played with them, they, over time, Became the type of people who were Christ-like. So that you see Peter at Pentecost ready to share the good news at great cost to his life. His Lord had just been crucified. But suddenly he was brave when he had not been before. So, why Alpha? Again, just to recap and I'm going to close with the last story. Uh, Again, for me, this kind of comes out of my story. I felt I was called on adventure. And I believe God is calling us out on an adventure into an unknown, into not necessarily a church that's a transfer for the saints, as Tim Keller once put it, but it's for calling out new saints, people who don't know their saints yet. And then our society's story, our time is such a lonely, isolated time. What an opportunity we have to share the good news of a God who wants to share his life with us. And then finally, I've been trying to sum this up by sharing God's story by saying, He's a God that's on mission and we're joining His mission. And then He's a hospitable God. That's His front door of engagement with us and He's calling us to use that as our front door of engagement with everyone else. And then finally, there's a last little piece of God's story that I has named, I've named as a part of our story that I believe we're being called into. And it's this In the last sermon, In the Come and See series, I gave you these four Ps uh, that I believe we will be formed into when we practice those three things, our commitments, our commitment to the Lord, our commitment to each other, and our commitment to our neighbor. When we do that, we will be shaped into Christlikeness. And we named that Christlikeness as being peculiar, patient, pilgrim, and proximate. Alpha gives us a way to be proximate. It gives us a way to practice proximity, and we don't have to wait to be formed into Christlikeness to practice it. We can go ahead and start doing those things and watch what the Lord will do. C.S. Lewis once said, uh, kind of related to this idea, if you don't feel like you love someone, if you're struggling to love someone, just, start act, just begin acting in a loving way toward them. And before long, you will find you are concerned for them. You have concern for them. You have love for them. There's this this thing that God will do that if we put our bodies in motion, He might just take care of the rest. And that's something we can do with being proximate proximate to people who are searching for life, who are hungry for life, who are looking for it. But here's the thing it can be unpredictable. To put yourself in proximity to those who are in need. Anyone who's ever done this knows that. Anyone who's ever worked on the margins. Anyone who's ever worked with those who are struggling with material security. Those who are struggling with homelessness. You name it. You know there's a lot of uncertainty that can come with that. But that's the adventure God calls us into. He calls us to be proximate. As I was thinking about this, and I was thinking of being proximate, I, this story came to mind. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Ryan Adams. Now, notice Ryan with an R. I've been, I've been giving lots of musical illustrations lately. I've got a lot of music on my mind, I guess, lately. Um, so here's another one. Ryan Adams. Notice Ryan with an R. So Ryan Adams was, is uh, this kind of alt-country Uh, indie musician. He was in a band like in the late 90s, and then he spun out on his own. And because he kind of had these country roots, early in his career, he was given the opportunity to play at the Ryman Auditorium. Now, does everybody know what the Ryman is? Anybody not know what the Ryman is? Okay, Jeff, hey, thank you all for being very brave. So the Ryman Auditorium is the mecca of all country venues, right? In Nashville, it's an old church. It's this beautiful venue, So Ryan Adams, early in his career, is given this opportunity, 2002, I think, to play at the Ryman. And it's a small set. It's just him and a guitar. So it's a very quiet set. And he shows up that night, he begins playing. And in the lulls between the songs, he begins to hear this, like, voice out in the audience. And it sounds like a heckler. And he starts getting nervous. But he just kind of powers through. He plays the next song lull. He starts talking. He hears the voice. And he starts getting really anxious, and he's thinking like, man, this is my moment. I've been waiting a long time to play at the Ryman, and this guy is ruining it. I'm just going to keep going. And he's playing, and there's a lull, and it's quiet. And then finally, he hears very clearly, because it's a quiet set that they have the mics turned way up. So the voice is starting to come through the mics. And suddenly, he hears Play the summer of 69, man. Play the summer of 69. Now, for those of you who don't know, the summer of 69 was a huge hit in the 80s by Brian Adams with a B. Look it up. It's a great song. It's a great pop tune. I mean, it's like really well written. Summer of 69. And at this point, he, Ryan Adams, loses it. He had a bit of a temper. And he begins calling out, Where are you? Who are you? Where are you? And the guy wouldn't say anything. So he gets off the stage, and he comes down, and he goes out. And and come to find out, the guy was just like a few rows back. And he finds him, and he gets in his face, and he smells the alcohol. That's proximity. Proximity. Ryan Adams was calling from the stage, where are you, who are you, and then he got close enough to smell the alcohol. 20 years later in the New York Times, he was writing about this moment because it followed him for his career. People were like, boo, Ryan Adams, you're such a jerk, boo, getting off the stage, losing your temper, boo. And so 20 years later, he reflects on this in the New York Times Because eventually he goes back to the Ryman and he redeems himself and he plays Summer of 69. (laughs) But in the New York Times, he wrote about, he he said, I lost my temper. I was so mad because this was my moment. But I knew when I got in his face and I smelled the alcohol, I'd made a mistake. His eyes were like two poached eggs ready to burst. He reeked of alcohol. His arms were like a broken doll's arms, he said. And so I shoved two 20s in his hand and said, man, just get out of here. But he said, no one was there for him. No one was helping him. That's a picture of our society. People who are hurting, people who are lonely, with no one coming alongside of them to join them in community, calling out, summer of 69. And so often the church is standing on the stage saying, Get your act together. Come on. You're wrong. You're wrong about this. That's not what our Lord did. Our Lord got into the trenches. He practiced proximity. He came close, so close he could smell the alcohol on your breath and mine. And he calls us to do the same. And here's the thing, All Saints, when we practice that kind of proximity, when we go on that kind of adventure, not knowing what the outcome will be, when we become a hospitable people as God was hospitable to us, I promise you, you will find Jesus there. What we do here every week is so good and so necessary and so central and should be central to our life together. Worship is central. This is what we were made for. We were made to rest and glorify, rest in God and glorify and name that glory out loud together. But I will say this too, if this is all we do, it's incomplete. We were called to join God on his mission. And his mission is one of hospitality and his mission is one of taking that safety of grace to all the ones calling out summer of 69 to us And in the strength of that grace, that strengthens us to go out into the unpredictability, to bring that grace to them. It's an adventure. The outcome is not always certain, but it's the life God calls us to. It's the life that God himself has modeled for us. And that's why, that's why I believe we're being called to use Alpha here at All Saints. Pray with me if you would. Father, I do ask, as we enter into this unknown, we don't know what is to come. But we know you. And we know that you always go out before us. And you always go out ahead of us. And you are always already there. You have done this before us. You show us how to do mission. Lord, would you give us grace to join you on mission. As we continue to discern how best to use Alpha, this wonderful program that you've given the church, give us grace to know how to implement it, where to implement it. Give us imaginations for those who are hurting, especially in this time that we live in. Such a a difficult and um, hard time of fragmentation and a lack of community. Help us to be vessels of your grace wanting to share your life that you share with us, with others. And we ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about our church, go to allsaintswaco.com. There you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, follow our Instagram account, and find out information about where and when we meet on Sundays.